Welcome to Tres Cuentos. Today we finalize our journey through the stories of children heroes. Today's cuento, again, comes from South America, somewhere in between Ecuador, Peru, and Bolivia, where the Inca Empire once ruled. The following cuento comes from the book Best Loved Folktales of the World. Stories collected by Joanna Cole and published by Anchor Books. Tres Cuentos, the literary podcast dedicated to the traditional narratives of Latin America, is supported in part by a grant from the National Association of Latino Arts and Cultures, the Andrew W. Mellon Foundation, the Ford Foundation, Southwest Airlines, and the CERDNA Foundation through a grant from NALAC Fund for the Arts Grant Program. As well, Tres Cuentos is supported in part by a grant from Alternate Roots. And for those who are asking what the answer to the last riddle was, what climbs up to the mouth carrying a load and climbs down poor with nothing to show? It is the spoon. Remember to give us a like on Facebook. Follow us on iTunes, Buzzsprout, iVox, Stitcher, Spotify, Radio Public, CastBox, Deezer, Play FM, and now on Instagram. And visit our website, trescuentos.com. My name is Carolina Quiroga Stoltz, and I invite you to pay careful attention to the following cuento. It might inspire you to go on a magical quest. The Lake at the End of the World Once, there was an Inca king who was powerful and wise But he was getting old, and he had a son that was powerful and young, but was constantly sick. <coughs> As the years passed, the prince's health did not improve, and none of the court doctors could find a cure for his illness. One night, while he was feeling hopeless, the Inca went to the temple of his ancestors and bent down on his knees in front of the eternal flames and raised prayers to his ancestors. Oh, great ones, soon I will be with you. I am afraid there is no one to look after my people and my son. I pray to you to make him well and strong so that he can become a good ruler for my people. Please, great ones, Tell me how this malady can be cured. Soon the flames of the eternal fire raced, and the Inca heard a voice coming from the fire. Fetch, fetch, fetch the waters from the magic lake, the end of the world, where the waters touch the sky. At that moment, the eternal fire sputtered and died. When the Inca looked down, the ashes seemed to be covering something 
So he cleaned the ashes and found a golden cup. And since he was wise, he understood that what he needed to do was to fill up that cup with the waters of the magic lake. Now, quick question. Do you think that despite the powerful king's age and his young son's illness, either of them could go in search of that magic lake at the end of the world? Most likely, it was possible, but not advisable. Thus, the Inca sent messengers across the kingdom, looking for brave and courageous people that could go in search of that magic lake that was at the end of the world. But none could find it. They all came back with their cups empty. Again, the Inca sent word about it, and this time there was a reward. It happens that in the valley near Cusco, where the Inca's palace was, lived a poor farmer who had a wife, two sons, and a younger daughter. One day, the older son came into the house and said, Tata, Tata, Father, let us go in search of that magic lake. Before the moon is new again, we shall return and help you harvest the corn and potatoes. Think about the reward. After that, we won't be poor again. But the father did not want them to go. No, no, no. Outside there are supes, evil spirits that might want to take your souls and minds and make you do or say wrong things. No, no, no. You are not going. But Taika, mother, intervened. Well, I think there is nothing wrong with my boys going on that journey. <laughs> they are brave and smart, and they can take care of each other. Besides, it is our duty to help the Inca. After his wife had spoken, the father agreed. With their parents' blessing and an affectionate farewell from their young sister, the sons set out on a journey. They traveled for months, tracking through endless mountain ranges, each time thinking the mountain they were climbing must have been the very last one on earth. They crossed deserts and forests and certainly found many lakes, but none was the magic lake at the end of the world where the waters touched the sky. Finally, one day, the youngest brother said, We must return. Our father needs us, and it seems that we will never find that lake. I'm sure it probably doesn't even exist. Let's just go back. But the older brother had already been thinking about a plan. You are right, brother. We should go back. But before we do it, I've been thinking about a plan. What if you fill your cup with the waters from one of the lakes we passed, and I fill my cup with the waters from another lake? We can go to the palace and present the waters. If the prince drinks them and gets well, bam, we did it. And even if it doesn't work, I mean, surely... The Inca will give us a small reward, you know, for our travels. 
As they were out of better ideas, the youngest brother agreed, and they went on to collect the waters. When the Inca, the king, heard about the brother's arrival, the Inca was thrilled, so he called his son. Churi, son, come, come. These brothers have brought the waters from the magic lake. You'll soon get well. Now, drink them. The prince slowly approached the oldest brother, who handed him the cup. The prince took a sip and coughed. <coughs> Then he turned to his father and said, <gasps> Nothing, father. Oh, well, uh, then go drink from the other cup. The prince grabbed the cup from the second brother, took a sip, coughed, and said again, <coughs> Nothing, father. That is strange. Oh, oh, but of course, son, I forgot. You are supposed to drink from the golden cup. Servants, bring me the golden cup. Once he had been handed the golden cup, the Inca said, Churi, son, why don't you just take a break, sit right there, and I'll take care of this. Very well, oldest brother, go ahead and pour the water from your jar into the golden cup. But as he was doing so, the waters mysteriously disappeared in front of his eyes. Well, that is strange. Hm. Fine. Second brother, go ahead and pour the water from your jar into the golden cup. And again, as his brother tried, the same thing happened. The golden cup would simply not hold the waters. Did the waters disappear? Perhaps this golden cup has a spell. Servants, call the magician. When the magician came into a room, the Inca said, Can you break this spell of this golden cup so the water will remain in it, so my son can drink it? But the magician, who had seen all that happened before, whispered to the Inca, My king, I cannot break the spell. I'm afraid that the golden cup is trying to tell you something. The Inca looked at the magician and understood. How could you? How you dare to deceive me? Take these two and put them in the dungeon. Chain them and make them drink from that fake magic water they dared to bring until they have no more to drink. Again, the emperor, who still had some hope, sent his messengers across the kingdom, pleading for someone to bring the magic waters before death claimed him and the young prince. And guess who heard the news this time? Yes, the little girl. Sumac was outside tending her flock of llamas when she heard the sound of the royal trumpet and the message. Quickly, the child led her llamas home and begged her parents to let her go in search of the magic waters. Please, father, let me go in search of that magic lake. If I succeed, I can help release my brothers, and I can also help the prince. Absolutely not. You are too young. Besides, look what happened to your brothers. The evil spirits took their souls and made them tell such a lie. Father, mother... Please, wouldn't you try to do the same thing for me 
if I were in trouble, or if I were sick? Of course, such a compelling argument melted her parents' hearts, and they finally agreed. Sumac went skipping out to the corral to harness one of her pet llamas. It would carry her provisions and keep her company. Meanwhile, her mother filled a little woven bag with food and drinks for Sumac, toasted golden kernels of corn and little earthen jar of chicha, a beverage made from crushed corn. Father, mother, and the little girl embraced each other tearfully before Sumac set out bravely on her mission, leading her pet llama along the trail. On Sumac's first night, she snuggled into the warmth of her llama, but on the second night, her sleep was shattered by the cry of a hungry panther. She couldn't endanger her llama, and so she pointed the way back home for her pet and urged her to go. That night, Sumac climbed a tree to spend the night safely out of harm's way. The next morning, Sumac woke up hearing the voices of sparrows resting on a nearby limb. One of them was saying, Oh, poor child. She's never going to find her way to the lake. Oh, but she looks so cute. <laughs> oh, I think we should help her. Upon hearing that, the girl interrupted the sparrow's conversation. Oh, please forgive me for interrupting and intruding in your tree. But if you could please help me... My brothers are in the dungeons and the prince is very sick. Well, we may help you or we may not. What do you have to offer, little girl? It's just food and drinks that my mother packed me for the journey. Well? The girl understood the hint. So she handed them the food and immediately they began to eat it. <laughs> Mmm, delicious. Now listen carefully to me, little girl. Each of us will give you a feather, and you must hold them all together in one hand, like a fan. The feathers have magic powers that will carry you wherever you wish to go. And if you find yourself in danger, hold the magic fan between the danger and yourself. And it will take care of it. Each sparrow then lifted a wing, sought out a special feather hidden underneath, and gave it to Sumac. She fashioned them into the shape of a little fan, taking the ribbon from her hair to bind the feathers together so none would be lost. Sumac spread the three feathers and said, If you please, will you take me to the magic lake at the end of the world? As if she were a feather herself, Sumac was lifted far above the trees and whisked to the mountains 
thousands of feet below her, the snow-topped peaks of the Andean Mountains, the world's largest mountain range, raced by. And Sumac nervously clutched her fan. At last, she was lowered ever so gently onto the very last peak, and her feet alighted. There before her sparked the magic lake. Sumac knew she had reached the end of the world. She tucked the fan in her braided waistband and ran to the edge of the water. But suddenly, her face fell. Ah! Oh, she remembered. She had left everything back in the forest. She did not have a jar or a cup to fetch the waters. However, at that moment, she heard a sound by her feet. She looked down and discovered a beautiful golden jar, the same one the Inca found in the ashes. Sumat grabbed the cup and kneeled at the water's edge. Just then, she heard a heart splashed in the waters. When she looked up, two fierce eyes were looking at her with anger. Then she heard a voice bubbling up from the waters. It was a very angry alligator. His long tail beat the waters angrily. Get away from my lake, or I shall eat you up. With trembling hands, the child took the magic fan from her waistband and spread it open in front of her face. As soon as the green alligator looked at it, He blinked. Then he drew back, and slowly and quietly, he sank to the bottom of the lake in a sound sleep. Before Suma could recover from her fright, she heard a shrill whistle in the air. She looked up and saw a flying serpent. Oh, sparks of anger flew from his eyes. And then the serpent hissed. Get away from my lake or I shall bite you. Again, with trembling hands, the girl held the magic fan spread in front of her. And right when the serpent was about to attack Sumac, The serpent closed his eyes and drifted to the ground. He folded his wings and coiled up on the sand. Then he began to snore. Sumac took a deep breath before she tried for the third time to fetch some water. But again, suddenly... A low humming started behind her. Spinning around, she saw what looked like a low, dark cloud. Soon, the humming became louder and the dark cloud became bigger and darker. She realized with horror that a swarm of ferocious army ants was about to surround her. Quickly, she shot the fan in front of her face not knowing if the feathers would protect her from so many ants coming from so many different directions. Yet, in the next few seconds, 
no ants bit her feet or climbed her legs. Trembling, she peeked through the feathers. The swarm of deadly army ants silently laid around her. Asleep. The girl kept the fan in front of her face while she hurried to the magic lake and with her other hand dipped the jar into the magic waters. As soon as the jar was filled and sealed shut, she gripped the fan and said, Right away, please, take me to the palace. The next moment, she was facing the palace of the Inca and its walls of huge interlocking cut stone. In front of the girl was a tall guard. The girl who still had not recovered from the adventure, said with a trembling voice, I wish to see the Inca. Why, little girl? I bring the waters from the magic lake to cure the prince. The guard looked down at her in astonishment. Come, hurry up! In just a few moments, Sumac was led into a room full of sadness. The emperor was pacing up, and down in despair. The queen was weeping and the prince lay motionless on a huge bed. His lips were dry. He was all pale. And it seemed that his soul was already leaving his body. Without wasting words, Sumac went to the prince and gave him a few drops of magic water. A few seconds after that, his lips were not dry anymore. Suddenly, the prince opened his eyes and whispered with a weak voice, More! Sumac gave him a sip of magic water. His cheeks became flushed, and it was not long before he sat up in bed and drank some more. The Inca and the queen embraced Sumac. Then Sumac told them, of her adventurous trip to the lake. They praised her courage. Dear child, all the riches of my empire are not enough to repay you for saving my son's life. Ask what you will, and it shall be yours. Oh, generous Inca, I have but three wishes. Name them, and they shall be yours. First, I wish my brothers to be free to return to my parents, they learned their lessons, and they will never lie again. I know they were only thinking of a reward for my parents, but please forgive them. Guards, free them at once. What else do you want, my dear? I would like to return these three magic feathers to my friends, the sparrows. I know they are missing their feathers. Instantly. The fan freed itself from the waistband, shot upward in the air, quickly spun around and flew out an open window. It looks like that's taken care of too. What is your third wish? Would you grant my parents large flocks of llamas, alpacas and vicuñas, and enough land to hurt them so they will not be poor in their old age? And so my brothers and I can take care of them. It will be so. But I am sure your parents never considered themselves poor with such a wonderful daughter. Finally, Suma was ready to leave. 
And when she was leaving the room, the prince ventured to ask, Won't you stay here with us? Yes, stay with us. You will have all you need here. We will do anything to make you happy. Oh, thank you. But I must return to my parents and to my brothers. I miss them, and I know they're missing me too. They do not even know if I am safe, for I came directly to your palace. The royal family did not try to detain Sumac any longer. My own guard will see that you get home safely. When she reached home, she found that all she had wished for had come to pass. Her brothers were waiting for her with their parents. A beautiful house and huge barn were being constructed. Her father had received a deed granting him many acres of new, rich farmland. Sumac ran into the arms of her happy family. At the palace, the golden jar brought by Sumac was never emptied. Each time it was used, it was refilled. Thus the prince's royal descendants never suffered ill health, and the kingdom remained strong. But it is said that after the Inca Empire was conquered by the Spaniards, the golden jar was buried at the bottom of the lake that is at the end of the world. And no one besides Sumac has ever ventured to go there again. Y colorín colorado, este cuento se ha acabado. The end. Very well, dear listeners, let's talk about Lake Titicaca, which was not explicitly mentioned in the story, but I suspect that it could have something to do with it. Because in most of the ancient mythology of the region, Lake Titicaca played an important role as the place where gods met, delivered punishment, and legendary characters originated. Thus, its waters seem to have magical connotations. Lake Titicaca is a geological wonder formed during the pre-ice age about 60 million years ago. The lake was formed when massive earthquakes shook the Andean mountains, splitting the range in two and forming a hollow that eventually got filled with water from the melting glaciers, creating bodies of water and ultimately rivers and the immense Lake Titicaca. According to one of the legends of the origin of the Incas, the first Inca, Manco Capac, and his wife, Mama Oclo, emerged from the depths of Lake Titicaca on the sacred rock on Isla del Sol, or the island of the sun. And from there, Manco Capac and his wife looked for a place to build their empire. Lake Titicaca was the cradle for Peru's ancient civilizations. The Puraca culture settled in his fertile lands around 200 before Christ. And a millennium later, the Tiwanaku culture emerged and spread throughout the Altiplano and into Bolivia. 
warlike tribes like the Aymaras and the Koyas emerge only to be absorbed by the Incas. It was the Inca civilization that unified the many cultures spread into this land, forming the Inca Empire. The current local population is the Uros people, who have populated this territory for hundreds of years. The Uros people come from the Aymara and the Quechua populations, and they speak the ancient language of Aymara. It is believed that the name Titicaca derives from the Aymara language, specifically the words Titi and Karka. Titi means wild cat, and Karka means rock. Titis, or the wild cats, used to live on the rocky islands of the lake. Legend tells that these cats swam from the islands to the mainland in search of food. Now I wonder if one of those monsters that Sumac had to face was perhaps one of those titis. Unfortunately, nowadays, the titi cat or the Andean cat is the most endangered cat species in the Americas. Very well, dear listeners, this is all the time we have for now. But before we finish, here is the last riddle. And of course, it comes from the Aymara people. Who is that shaggy lady that goes around the house from corner to corner? It is the broom, or as they call it, the pichanya. And this is all for now. Tres Cuentos reminds you that we all are the heroes of our own stories. So go ahead and share your life's quest and adventures with your friends and family. Until the next cuento. Adios, adios. Tres Cuentos is an exercise of creative writing, researching, and retelling. This podcast was produced, recorded, and edited by Carolina Quiroga-Stoltz. Proof listening and proof reading by Don Jaimo. Remember to follow Tres Cuentos on Facebook, iTunes, Buzzsprout, Instagram, iVox, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Also visit our website, trescuentos.com. The music and sound effects were downloaded from the YouTube Audio Library and freesound.org. The list of credits per song and the sources of this story can be found in the transcript. Thanks for listening. Adios, adios.